party crashers, level setters, and trailblazers. Uh, this is Jerry Jones, and boy, I'm going to tell you, this episode of Trailblazing is probably our most, I don't know if heated is the right word, but we are definitely raising the heat. There's so much. Uh, in the in the two weeks that we have, have been away, a few things have happened, and... In this episode, you're going to hear us. We are not really holding back on on some of the things that matter. So we're going to be, we're of course, um, the month of September really has been, you know, shaped by the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. And so we've got some things to say about that. Not necessarily about the death of the Queen, but more about the response to the passing of the queen uh, we've got a few things to say about florida man in chief ron DeSantis, and just his antics and we really are going we're, i'm just telling you right now if you have friends and family in florida you're going to want to share this episode with them because we are not holding back and then we're going to get we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy uh lots of new content out uh, Lord of the Rings has a new show, and of course we're talking Disney and Ariel, so we're looking at inclusion from a fantasy perspective. Uh, so you're not going to want to miss this conversation. So yeah, we're we we are two old men with raised voices, and um, it's gonna you know it it this really does get to the heart of Trailblazing and and the vision of the show. You know, just two old men, a black man and a Cambodian man, who have some things to say about things that are happening in our country and in our world. And um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun because um, I, I just have to say that, you know, there's not a whole lot of forums where a black man and an Asian man can can speak intelligently on issues and uh, also um, show emotion. So, so often we're, we are being asked or, you know, societal norms almost kind of force us to, to kind of keep our composure and to not show emotion. I mean, we see that all the time. You know, we see it in sports, the difference between when an African-American player and a white player show emotion. You know, we see that. We often see that when a man shows emotion, when a woman shows emotion. Um, so we're all about creating a safe space for us to be passionate. And so on a serious note, I want to thank you all for, for listening to the show. Please rate, review, and subscribe. I also, um, programming note, new episode of Level Set. I'm very excited uh, for the upcoming conversation with my friend and cousin, Emily Brake. We're going to be talking about social media trends. So it's going to be a good week of content here at uh, Uninvited Media. So kick back and enjoy. You know, we're talking loud. <laughs> so I don't know. You may want to have headphones on. Uh, we're not really swearing, though. So it's still a family show. But I hope you enjoy this episode of Trailblazing. Peace. Reaction was when you heard the news that uh, the queen is under medical supervision. Um, 
I mean, I think it's pretty sad, like, when anyone kind of gets in that position. Like, you wouldn't want that to happen to your own family member. Um, but I, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of the Queen or just, like, the monarchy in general, so I wasn't, like, that upset or overwhelmed by it. It was just something that happens, I guess. You're not the biggest fan of, of the monarchy. I wonder why. Um, mainly to do with, like, British, like, colonial history, things like that, a lot of things that have gone on, which have been quite shady, even, like, recently with, like, Prince Andrew and everything. So, um, yeah, I'm not really that biggest fan. Fair enough. It was nice, talk nice talking to you. Hey, what's going on, man? What is up? We're back after a little, uh, a little short hiatus. A little hiatus. Sometimes, I mean, uh, here's the here's the thing. For all three people that listen to us, if you want us to for sure do this more consistently, then the three of y'all need to get some other listeners so we can get some advertising and get paid doing this. Right now, this is just a love. How are you gonna <laughs> reduce us? We were up to five before well, I went to L.A. Because I listen under two different <laughs> names. You got some burner accounts like KD. Yeah, that's right. I got some burner accounts. Because I, I can't be having people follow me all the time. <laughs> well, I appreciate uh, the love. But yeah, please rate, review, subscribe, share the podcast. Maybe not this week, though, because I'm on one this week. Yeah, you are on one, man. So it's just it's just going to be straight fire. I mean, you're, you're bringing the, the blaze to Trailblazer. Well... If we were recording in real time yesterday when this came up, then we would have had to censor parts of it. Um, but like, I got some things to say this week for sure. I mean, if you if we had recorded what you were saying yesterday, you may have also gotten a response from a certain uh, ultra billionaire. The way our our first person of interest that we're going to discuss. Well, so we're just jumping in. I mean. I think we need to, man. I mean, you. I mean, you. You're choosing violence today, man. All right, let's jump in. So, uh, topic number one. Yep. I don't know if y'all heard, <laughs> um, but the long-standing monarch mm -hmm. of uh, Great Britain passed away. Yeah, man. Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth II. I, and. For a lot of us, that's the only monarch that we have known um, in, ter uh, as in terms of being attached to uh, Great Britain. I mean, what is it, 73 years? It's a long time. That's a long time. That's a long time to be on the job. <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> that's right. That's a long time to be on the job. So there's lots of people that are covering um, the Queen's passing, what it means. It's just I'm sure as you're listening to this, if you... Um, go and Google how long the lines are. But we want to pick up a particular um, uh, component of that. There is a professor of linguistics, Dr. Uju Anya, uh, who um, critiqued the Queen's passing. And um, you can go look all of that up. But essentially what she was saying is uh, she, uh, before the Queen passed, um, said that she will not be mourning the Queen's passing. Uh, she 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 wished her excruciating pain. Yes. That's before she passed, mm -hmm. and then after she passed, she just said, "Look, based on my family's experience in Nigeria, um, in, in which we experienced uh, colonization and the um, 
the most painful parts uh, and the most violent parts of colonization, she would not uh, do any well wishes for the queen. So, um, and then of course it gets picked up by lots of people, most notably uh, from Jeff Bezos, who then makes a tweet about the fact this person is supposed to be shaping human lives and then it goes crazy and then Carnegie Mellon has to step in and then it just caused all of this controversy and I think we want to take a few minutes to talk about it. So, uh, Dr. Uju Anya, Jerry, what do you think about what she tweeted? My sense is that my my initial gut reaction was that it's like, oh, okay, like this, it hits hard. It hits real hard, but I mean, I understand where she's coming from, though. I mean, this, I mean, her family, um, the, the, the nation that she grew up in was um, impacted by the genocide that was overseen by Great Britain during Queen Elizabeth II's reign. Like, and I feel like the timing matters because even though it was, you know, she did tweet this before the queen died as she was on her deathbed. Uh, I, I just think that it's important for the larger conversation because if she had not made the comments that she made, I'm not sure if we would be paying any attention at all to the counter narrative or the non-dominant narrative because the dominant narrative is, and I understand it, right? I mean, for most, for the most people that I have, I don't, I don't think I have anyone in my life to where the queen has not been the queen for their entire life, right? Yeah. So um, I understand the significance of her passing, and understanding like what the monarchy has represented for so many people. And more important than that is what the monarchy has meant in real life. Because what the monarchy means for most, if you were born in America, the reality is, is that whatever your attachment is to the monarchy is not based in reality. It's based in fantasy. Stick a pin in that because we'll be coming back to this theme, right? But for, you know, Dr. Anya and her family uh, and for millions of families, I'm sorry, correction, tens of millions <laughs> of families right. across the world have an actual experience with the monarchy that is more, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there, Trump's all of our thoughts and feelings about the monarchy. So you love the crown, great, doesn't matter. It's based on fantasy, right? So I think her, her comments were important because I don't believe we would even be talking about the counter narrative if she had not, A, made the statements and if the richest man in the world who, by the way, is a donor to Carnegie Mellon University. I think he gave like a $5 million, $2 million gift. Are, are you suggesting that that might be why Carnegie Mellon needed to issue a statement? No, about, I am not suggesting that. I am, I, am, I am definitively saying 
that they were scared to death that there were probably strings attached to that donation and they were afraid that the, the gravy train is getting cut. That's what I'm suggesting. Yeah, I um, I don't understand the world that we live in right now where I, I thought Twitter was supposed to be a place where we had... Um, we, we, it was supposed to be kind of a, a pluralistic uh, forum in mm -hmm. which we could get, we could express all kinds of ideas. I mean, I, and if we can have some folks get on Twitter and if we had a former president get on Twitter and use that and, and say all of um, the despicable and inane things he said, then, then Dr. Anya gets to get on Twitter and say, I am not going to experience sadness or loss, right? Right. From because my family, uh, who are um, uh, we are, uh, uh, she named the fact that she her family is they're part of the Igbo people, and the Igbo people were colonized mm -hmm. um, by Britain, and um, she gets to share her family history. And does that make us uncomfortable? Yes. And does it, does, for a lot of us, do we not know who the Igbo people are? Probably. I didn't fully know who the Igbo nope, people I didn't. are. But like, when, what, are we only reserving public forums to be, uh, to be the places where, where we just agree with what people say? This, we're not creating, we, we are not supposed to live in a world where all we do is create echo chambers for ourselves. In fact, that's the problem, is we create these small echo chambers. Like, she said something, you don't have to agree with it, you can even get on there and ask her to clarify and, and even disagree with her. But then to resort to name calling and then dropping the N-word and telling her you wish she would die, like, I don't understand why that, that why is that your default? That's the one thing. The first thing, the second, <laughs> let me just say. To be the third richest man in the world, he's not the richest anymore. There's a dude from India that just replaced Ooh. him. He was the second richest. But to be the second richest man in the world, the thing I have is the founder of Amazon didn't come in and say, I disagree with her statements. He attacked her personally. He, of all the things you have to worry about, you know, you could be worrying about the fact that you cheated on your wife and then you kind of destroyed two marriages. You could be worrying about the fact that you don't pay your people well. Right. Oh, wait a second. You are probably worried about the fact that your people won a union case in New York City mm. and the lead of that, uh, the lead organizer of that, uh, 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 of that union effort happened to appear in a photo with Dr. Anye a couple weeks before your tweet. That might have something to do with it. Oh. Mr. Bezos, <laughs> let the professor live. Let, I mean, I know that Amazon isn't a free and public place to express ideas, but the last time I checked, our universities are intended to be that way. Let her live, disagree with what she says, but you don't need to denigrate her, you don't need to tear her down, you don't need to question her ability to lead people, right? Let her live, go back to paying attention to Lauren Sanchez, like, come on, man. Now, Look, she set the fire, so to me, that told me that she wanted the smoke, right? 
I don't think he attacked her. He 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 did critique her. He basically said, hey, someone who's supposed to be making the world a better place. I don't think so. Here's the thing. If I if I have followers in the hundreds of thousands or millions, and then I pick out a person, I know what I'm doing. I am very clear about what I'm doing. Like, I just I get into a conversation about the merits of what she said and what she believed. Like, talk about whether why that that's not an appropriate comment. Just don't go after her. He but, went after her. Well, no. I See, that's where I take issue. I, I, I do agree with you that Bezos interjected into something he didn't really need to interject in, but I'm also saying that if he didn't interject in the way he interjected... I'm not sure we're even having this conversation right now. So I thank him for that. But the people... You thank Jeff Bezos for that? I, I Jeff Bezos is partially responsible Are you thanking for amplifying... Him? He wasn't trying to amplify her voice. Are you thanking him because you applied to be on Blue Rocket? <laughs> you know what? I will apply <laughs> the next time. Uh, but I, I, I do take issue... With this notion that he attacked her or that or that he I think part of the words that she's used that he incited violence against her. I'm like he didn't incite violence against you. He offered a critique. Now all these crazy people on Twitter His followers. His yes, his five million followers, they have incited violence against her. But it is not fair for if you make a statement like that the way she made it, at the time that she made it, you invited the smoke, you got the smoke, and because of that, you have now, the conversation has been elevated to a point where people who are not buying the warm and fuzzy narrative of Queen Elizabeth II now have a platform to be able to, to speak on it. So, good on you, Bezos. You By doing something like just self-serving, and, and doing what powerful white men do, not think not intentionally, but unintentionally, you have broadened the conversation. You tried to shut her down, and you didn't shut her down. You amplified her voice. You opened up the platform for more voices. I know that's not what you wanted, but you know what, Bezos? Even though now you're the second richest man in the world, you third, still can't, third, third richest man in the world, you can't get everything you want. I, I, I just don't know that that's not what he wanted. I, 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 oh no! I, it definitely wasn't what he wanted. I don't know. Oh, you're he, saying he, he didn't want, want to bring positive. He didn't want. He didn't want in a positive. But he was trying to put her in her place, and he was also sending a low key, passive aggressive message to Carnegie Mellon University, like, "Hey, you want this money? Get in line." Carnegie Mellon University, shame on you. Well, and, and here's shame the, on you. the last thing I, I, I might just say is, um. If you have a real, actually, I was gonna make a disclaimer. I'm not gonna even do that. If you have a real uh, complaint about what she says and how it's misplaced and how sh people shouldn't be saying that, if you or your people or your family have never experienced colonization, I don't want to hear from you. Until you've experienced the colonization, then talk to me about whether her that words are misplaced. Is right. I don't want to hear from you. But I think you, I mean you're hitting on a point like. This whole notion of telling people who have been oppressed 
how they are to respond and comport themselves when their oppressor dies or is dying is profoundly just like out of line. Like you don't get to tell the oppressed how to respond to their oppressor, period. Right. You don't get to do it. And what their feelings are. Yeah. Now you may you may feel a certain kind of way. You know what? Maybe what she said was out of line. You know who doesn't get to make that comment? The oppressor. Except they've been making that comment for a long time now. But what we're, yes, and, and for many, many years, most of us had to just sit back and take it. And now people are like, nah, we're not listening to that. I, exactly. So. Speaking of oppressor, topic two. Are, are we talking about uh, Florida man? The human trafficker. The human trafficker in chief? Yes. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida? Yes. Okay. Now, I know that I hope you all have probably have heard this story by now, but this past week, there were migrants from several different um, nations, um, from mostly what sounds like Central America, mm -hmm. um, were, uh, were, had been detained at a facility, a federal facility in San Antonio, Texas, near San Antonio. San Antonio, Texas. Yes, Texas. That's right. So, not San Antonio, Florida. That's right. That's right. So, in a state mm -hmm. that Governor DeSantis has no relationship mm -hmm. with, other than maybe just like um, drinking buddies, right? With, 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 with Governor Abbott, yeah, who is also who also sending busloads of people to Vice President Harris's house or estate. Yes, her 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 house in Maryland, apparently. Mm -hmm. Yep, and then her. Uh, residents near the Naval Academy or something crazy right, like that. Right, right. So, yeah, so not they did not originate in Florida. They were in a facility in Texas. They were released by Border Patrol. They were free to go. And um, a woman who we now understand was dispatched by Governor DeSantis to... Now... I don't know. I've, so I've never been to Venezuela. Okay? So if I landed in Venezuela and I was detained for, I don't know, a week or two, and then I get out of the... the and there's somebody waiting for me saying, hey, do you want to go to name the, the state or county in Venezuela? You want to go there? I don't know. Sure, why not? Okay? So these but then they were promised a job. Promised a job. Right? They yeah. were they they were going to have their way paid for. Mm -hmm. It they they were promised like anything you want will be there. We'll have a place for you to stay. Right. Like so it's not only like do you want to go and then let's, you know, yeah. like let's take our chances. They were promised all of kind of the basic needs yes. to take care of you in this new place. And also the reason why you're escaping the old place is because that there are some very basic needs that you have that related right. to either political oppression or poverty right. um, and a co or a combination of those different yes. things. So all of that is in play here. Yeah, so Governor DeSantis charters a private jet and traffic. So this, meet, this is textbook trafficking. 100%. So people released from a federal, legal, legally processed out from Border, border Patrol. All right? 
Governor DeSantis charters a plane, sends someone who used the name Perla to say, hey, we're going to send you to Massachusetts. There's jobs, there's health care, there's all this stuff. Puts them on a plane. A plane. Across. So think about how many laws, how many states in which, I mean, th- this is this is human traffic. Like across several states, they get to Massachusetts. The people, so they and they send them to Martha's Vineyard because they look at you. Know, they, I'm talking about ultra conservatives who look at well, all the the the, the liberals. You know, they vacation the elite vacation in Martha's Vineyard. We're going to send these people who have escaped political uh, prosecution. Um, War, uh, we're going to send them to Martha's Vineyard. We're going to send them a message. And it sounds like the people of Martha's Vineyard responded valiantly, but they only had not even an hour or two to even get ready. Right, they scrambled. They scrambled. And from all accounts, the people of Martha's Vineyard um, provided all kinds of assistance. But the problem, like, so the lie was, that, oh, we'll give you a job. Well, the season is over. For Martha's Vineyard, after Labor Day, it's kind of over. And there ain't there, there ain't there, work in Martha's Vineyard, right? Because the people who are working in Martha's Vineyard already—I mean, now we can have a whole conversation about the fact that the people who work and serve the people in Martha's Vineyard don't can't afford to live in Martha's Vineyard. They have to commute. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. But for Ron DeSantis to do and Governor Greg Abbott. For these governors to practice human trafficking, and and I, I'm still kind of looking at the media. I'm like, why aren't you framing this from the standpoint of the fact that they took people, mis they misled them, lied to them, because that's how human trafficking works. Absolutely, this is textbook. Ron DeSantis, in my view, should be seen and treated as. Um, an assailant. Well, the, first, so to your point, I mean, human trafficking laws are, um, they're federal laws. Mm-hmm. So, so he, he, he's committed, um, or, or maybe the way I would say it is, it, I believe he's committed a, a federal, um, uh, a committed a federal felony, mm-hmm. right? I mean, to yeah. your point, let, let's be clear that everything... And he's taking credit for it, and he's bragged about it, and right. he said that um, I have I, I have twelve million dollars. He he asked the legislature to create a fund so that he could do this twelve million dollars, and he was like, "We're going to use up that whole twelve million dollars, and we're going to keep doing this." So to be clear, um, the way human trafficking works is that you go to unsuspecting people. And you offer them promises of a place to live, safety, mm-hmm. a place to live, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and, and a job. Right. In exchange for them to come with you. Right. Right. Yeah. And we've said, we've passed laws now, not just in the U.S., but internationally, to say, you know, lying to people um, and, then, and then just doing what you want with them against their will. And these people have said that they, no one told them right. about this. They don't want to be there. They, Doing that, that that is commensurate with committing um, federal and international laws. 
So now what DeSantis has said, let's be really clear, if he's going, is he's going as the governor of Florida, he's going to use taxpayer funds, that $12 That's billion dollars, to then perpetuate federal and international crime. That, and he's not trying to hide it. He's being upfront about it. And he is turning it into a political issue. He's saying, oh, you know what? All of these, uh, all of these elites, they want this thing, but they don't understand. The, the point is that you are committing international and federal and breaking international and federal laws and you're using taxpayer funds to do it. Let me just say kind of one more thing about this is I this this is so immoral. Like th there comes a time where the politics and making a point and I, and I get politics is dirty and you do all that. This isn't that. For the governor of Florida, who purports to be pro-life, meaning right. that he he actually values the sanctity of life, to then disregard life that he will then snatch people, lie to them and snatch them and transport them across multiple states in order to make a political point. There's nothing sacred about that. There's nothing that values the sanctity of life. This is his belief, right? that he he gets to be in charge of how life gets carried out where it gets carry out, carried out and how he can then use uh, someone's life to his means and this is what i say what i mean when i'm on one anybody that supports DeSantis, you then have rejected your belief in the sanctity and value of human life if you think this is funny if you think that this makes a point if you think you're going to own the libs, also then in the next breath, demand the fact, renounce your belief in human life. And regardless of what you want to do with babies in the womb, you devalue life and you don't care about it. And you are not a, a protector of human life. You are a protector of human trafficking and all the people that benefit from that. End of story. And for any of these people who support him, who who claim a Christian faith, uh, your sacred text is very clear on where you stand in relationship. 100%. We got on that. So I'm not going to tell you that you're not a Christian, but if you've read the book, you understand that you're not. I'm not going to tell you that you're not, but you, if you're aware, you probably know that you're not. It should. All, I mean, to your point, Date, about this budget that they have for $12 million, what it means is that the state of Florida has codified through budget policy, they have a human trafficking policy. That's right. That is funded by the people of the state of Florida. So if you are in the state of Florida and you are able to vote, you're registered to vote, if you're registered but not haven't been active, understand this. Or if you have anyone that you love or you care about, maybe your worst enemy, doesn't matter. Let them know that a vote for Ron DeSantis is a vote for human trafficking. Full stop. Exactly. And think about it. Florida is, I'm sure, like other like like other places across the country, uh, big cities in Florida, they probably have a housing crisis where they can't yes. house all of their people. Right. There are probably uh, poor folks in 
Florida who don't have what they need. Like there's a right. sa- there's there, there's a shortage in kind of the safety net that can catch mm-hmm. them as they're free falling. And yet in the midst of that, Herr DeSantis and the legislature have decided that they're going to take $12 million of the budget that can go to help uh, affordable housing. They're going to... Tr- uh, move people against their will and against their knowledge to uh, some place in the United States. Hey, and part of why this hits me is I'm an immigrant. Like when you come to this country, and I I didn't I didn't come to the country as a refugee. My my parents came before the country fell. But still, as an immigrant, you don't know anything about the mores of this country you don't know what you're getting into you're just thinking about survival and then to be misled intentionally for a political purpose in order to say oh i did this because i want to be president someday like this is my mm-hmm. this is this is my attempt to build a case why i should be president that's why i get emotional we don't treat people like that if we value human life, that means that we value people regardless of the positions we take and the positions our opposition takes. It's unacceptable. On that note, it's not on our agenda, but can I just say one? You know what? No, I'm going to save it. I'm saving it for my call out. I'm going right. to save it for my call out. I got somebody I'm calling out on that regard and I'm pissed off. Well, our third topic is another topic. Oh, so I I don't know if you all have been paying attention, but there's a new show out um, on Amazon Prime. Oh, I shouldn't have even said that word out loud. There's a new show out (laughs) on Prime and it's called um, it's Lord of the Rings Ring of Power. And it. it is a series. It's a weekly series where they drop new episodes, and um, uh, it, and it's supposed to be kind of a prequel to The Hobbit, right? And and set some things up. So it drops, and people are going crazy. Do you know that? Not going crazy because they love it, which they may. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I haven't yet to, I haven't seen it yet because I'm kind of waiting until I have some more open space to kind of take it in. But I'm excited to see it. I'm, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I love it, love it, love it. We can talk all about it. But people are going crazy. Message boards are going crazy. Twitter is going crazy. Why are they going crazy? Because the people who hate this, this show are objecting vehemently to the fact that black and Asian people are represented in Middle Earth. Wow. I gotta tell you, first of all, I've never seen Lord of the Rings. That's bad on you. I've never seen a second of Lord of the Rings. Bad on you. I I don't, I mean, so when you were telling me that there were no, um, that people were mad that there were um, black folks and Asian folks in Middle Earth, I'm like, what's the problem? I, I guess I just never understood that there wasn't, that they weren't, there weren't black and Asian people let's couple another story to this and then we'll take it all kind of kind of together connected to this is um disney announces that they're going to redo the little mermaid Mm -hmm. and their lead the person who's playing the little mermaid her name is hallie bailey wow not hallie berry not hallie (laughs) bailey oh okay um i would watch it if it was hallie berry i'd watch it (laughs) In a heartbeat. Uh, I'm sure. 
I'm sure you would. <laughs> Holly Bailey. So the point about this is Holly Bailey is a young woman of color. Oh. People have lost their minds. And they've like, they can't do that. You can't rewrite that. Because apparently, the Little Mermaid is supposed to be a white, red-headed person. But the mermaid is not even a person. It's a mermaid. It's a mermaid. She ain't real. This is the point. This is the point. Like, and I, I'm the one that pushed for this. And then let me just say up front, like, like the absurdity of this argument is not lost on me. But people are objecting to having people of color included inside of fantasy stories. Like, not real life. Not real life. Fantasy stories. So we're having an argument about whether or not, essentially the argument is, Tolkien did not intend for black and Asian people to exist in Middle Earth. Tolkien's dead. Nobody's been able to ask them. But... like he's so, like so, Middle Earth. Well, let me ask you something. As as one who's never read the books, as one who's never seen any of the movies, maybe let me go to the for for those of you who've read the books. Does in the books does he say elves are white? No, no. So what's the problem? He the one kind of allusion he says to it is he talks of so elves. Uh, in Tolkien's world, elves are kind of the pinnacle, right? That okay. We, we want to be elves. Everybody, ah. And he talks about elves as being fairer than. Mm. Right? Okay. But if we talk about this, I mean, if we think about this quite literally, right? Mm. Halle Berry is fairer than you. Yes. Oh, yeah. By a long shot. <laughs> I <Yeah>. mean, so, <laughs> so it, it, and, and indeed, in, in the movies... Right, we have seen these elves who are blonde hair and 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 they're very fair complected. But in the text, it doesn't say anything about that. So they got no leg to stand on. Well, and and then like hobbits, dwarves, mm-hmm. elves, they're separate than human. Like there is a category for humans inside Middle Earth. Okay. And elves and dwarves and even orcs. Orcs are fallen elves, right? That they, they they are beings other than human. So are they mad that there are black and Asian humans in Middle Earth? Well, they're just saying that mi- there's no room in Middle Earth for people of color. How the hell are they going to decide? On a, on a story that had nothing to do with creating or writing, who the hell belongs in Middle Earth? This is the principal question, and it gets back to why people are pissed at Dr. Anya. Apparently, the colonizers get to decide who belongs where. And not only do you and I, Jerry, not get to belong in like our countries of origin that get colonized, not only do we not get to belong unless we express sadness for the colonizer when they pass away, we don't get to belong in the United States. We don't even get to belong in the fantasy of Middle Earth. You know, You're going to have to adjust the decibel level yeah. there because I'm yelling. I apologize for yelling. I just... Hey, you know what? This is trailblazing. We were talking about... When we... Like, it's about... 
the heat. Raising the heat. I mean, well, then let's go with. And then mermaids? People that live under the sea? Like, under the sea. Under the sea. Like, bro. like if you're under the sea, like, you're supposed to have red hair and porcelain white skin. Like, what is happening? I think it gets to something that you just hit on is that when these lovers of these stories, which, let's be honest, like, even though I haven't read any of the, uh, the Tolkien books or seen any of the movies, from all accounts, these are tremendous stories with tremendous followings, and I understand that people have this connection to them. But what it gets to is that most of, I would imagine that most of the overwhelming majority of the consumers of this content are white. And what it tells me that when they fantasize or imagine a world other than the world that we currently exist in, that they don't imagine people of color in that world, in their world. Like, so when they think of a, a futuristic society, you're not in it. I'm not in it. And the idea that in a made-up fantasy world that they had no, zero part in creating, zero part in creating, they're upset that, that, that that people of color might exist in that world. Like, this goes back even to Hunger Games. Hunger Games. When Rey, um, when she was black, people lost their minds. Lost I'm like, how are y'all losing your minds over a character in a book? They didn't say what she looked like. There was no, why, why weren't you mad that, that Jennifer Lawrence was the lead? Didn't nobody say anything about Katniss Everdeen being white right. in the book? So what, so what these people are really doing, they're telling on themselves. And what they're telling on themselves is that they, they are now expressing explicit bias, right? They have moved beyond the implicit bias, and now they're putting it on wax, and they're upset. And I just tell them, be mad. You don't want to watch the show, don't watch the show. If Black, if black Mermaids piss you off, cancel your subscription to Disney Plus then. Go for it. I'm like... I am tired of coddling these little ass babies. I'm sorry. I, I, I hear you. I, I do hear you. It, but I kind of want to... I. Right. You should just <laughs> let go of this subscription. But part of me, I want to contest for the fact that, like, do you really think... Like, this actually gets into a, 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 a related but um, conversation about... People came out when uh, Miss Marvel came out. Oh yeah, and yeah. Miss Marvel is um, she? She's Pakistani mm -hmm. and she is a young woman, and so and she has superpowers. Yep. And they actually explain how she got superpowers because it was through a bangle that was um, a, a wrist thing that was um, from that was from her great grandmother, and then people went crazy. Yeah. About like, you know, why do we have to have this Disney wokeness and, you know, why do we have to talk about people from other countries? Like, I mean, and I just want to say like, part of what I want to contest is, do we really believe, do we really believe that if there is such a thing as superpowers, if it was made available, and even though in our minds we might think of Captain America and we might think of, of, um, uh, um, uh, who, who's your favorite? Um, uh, the Black Widow. Mm -hmm. if, 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 
like, do we really believe that like superhero-ness is only confined to North America? Yes, we, we think that. Like, like, like that if, if superhero-ness was a thing, like in, in, in the fact that like these superhuman beings, whether it was through an heirloom or, 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 or mm-hmm. whether it was through some sort of um, like, like inherent gene that they have in them, that that only gets confined to a country that only became a country in the 1700s. Like we've had all of these other countries and all of these other people that existed before this and they've also had their own tales of superhero. And it's like, why would we think that? Well, I think it gets to because, and also to be fair, um, there was tremendous backlash like while they were producing, a lot came out like with Captain Marvel, um, because everyone's upset with Brie Larson. Like, why do we need a female super? And why has she got more powerful than blah 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 than Thor? And da, da, da. I mean, so like, it gets to this notion. What these people are really saying is that that Ms. Marvel, like you know, being a young you know teenage Pakistani girl, that she didn't deserve. She didn't deserve her superpowers. This. Um, you know, Haley, ba- you know, Halle Bailey, is that his last yeah, name, Bailey? Bailey? That she doesn't deserve to play Ariel. These actors in this new um, Lord of the Rings show, like black folks and Asian folks and Latinx, they don't deserve the, 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 the honor of being an elf or having uh, superpowers. Like, and so to me, it gets even to the heart of what they think they deserve as a white person right. as opposed to what non-white people deserve. Right. Like, we deserve, like, it's like, oh, that's all for us. So you're right. So it's all, now, now I, they may make an exception for the UK. If they have a, if they're a superhero or, you know, some fantasy character with a British accent, like, or a Scottish accent or Irish accent, they will allow for that. But if you're basically Western European, but other than that, if you're coming from some other part of the world, they're not, it's just going to be hate. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I I will not let my imagination get colonized by whiteness. Mm. I have an imagination broader and deeper than a bunch of, white male writers who have been employed by DC and Marvel and look I I love comics but here's the reality all of the characters have been primarily white and male because the writers were primarily white and male oh guess what now that we are opening things up and letting people of color and letting women and letting folks who don't fall within kind of the 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 quote unquote normal ways like now that we're letting we're opening up the writer's room now we're seeing a whole new set of heroes and the thing you're objecting to is because your mind has been colonized by whiteness and you mm. loved it and it has made you comfortable. Well, you know what? Dr. Anya said it you, and, and, and people of color are saying it like, you, we're here. Right. We're here. 
and we existed like that's the other thing it's like you don't think black and asian people existed in england when tolkien was writing right. no they existed there did tolkien have the imagination to see them i don't know any of that he's a dead white man i know though <laughs> that we can have some black and some asians and we can have some women and we can have lots of other people in middle earth it's fantasy and my fantasy allows me to have more than just white people in it that just seems like a really sad fantasy where everything that exists in your fantasy and your imagination looks just like you like that's just it's sad man it's really i mean it's really it's sad and pathetic and i'm sorry if you're one of those pathetic people i know that the five five people who are listening to us were singing to the choir but i feel really sad for all those people a i feel sad that they're not listening to this great podcast yeah second of all i feel sad for them that they have the the most bland ass no seasoning ass fantasy world <laughs> Fantasy life. We're Maybe so, that, that's yeah. the, the, the homework for this week is we're asking our three listeners, because I'm, I'm on there three times, we're asking our three listeners to share this podcast with someone they know will be offended by what we're saying. Right. See, they're, they're so bland, they don't even have salt and pepper. They just have salt. <laughs> we'll bring no damn pepper in this damn house. Sorry. I mean, I'm I, not. I'm not editing that out. I, I'm. I'm just because you know. I, they sent them to me. I, I. I got. I got some Dave's insanity sauce for them. In addition. In addition to the the, the salt. I would love to get all of these, um, Black Little Mermaid haters, all of these Black Elf haters. I would love to get them on a damn Ron DeSantis plane and send their ass to Wakanda and see how they like that. Wakanda in November. Yes. In November. November. We're gonna we're gonna get the next installation. Vibranium, baby. What's happening in Wakanda? Yeah. And just as a as a kind of to to do something just kind of a pre thing. Yeah. That week, maybe that whole month, maybe even after the release date, going into Thanksgiving, I might just be wearing nothing. But my Wakanda T-shirt is like it's gonna be. It's gonna be Jerry. My for that month will be November, right? For me, it's gonna be Wakanda month. Wakanda, Wakanda, November. You're just gonna everywhere you go. You're gonna be like Wakanda forever. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. I will be shrugging and I will be crossing my arms. I will say this though. If in 10 or 15 years there's a new Wakanda movie and like a homegirl gets her wish, like having a Starbucks and stuff, I'm, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna, hey, I don't, I, don't gentrify Wakanda, okay? <laughs> I know I said all that stuff about Lord of the Rings and, and Hunger Games. I do want to keep Wakanda segregated. It, if Wakanda is accepting uh, applications for coffee shops, I'm going to apply. I'm going to open a coffee shop up in Wakanda. I mean, I think that would be great. I just don't want Starbucks. 
No, they're not going to do Starbucks. Why are we talking? Why are we still talking about fantasy like it's real? For some of us, it is. All right, we need to do call outs and shout outs. You promised us a special one. A special call out or well, shout? I'm going to do a shout out. Oh, you're going to? But you what? said. You, oh, I have a call out. Yes, I do have a call out. You got two apparently. You got a call out and a shout. out. I have a call out and a shout out. Wow. So, this summer. 2022, I believe, will be defined by the Supreme Court of the United States in the Dobbs decision that, that turned abortion into a states' rights issue. And a couple months ago, I think maybe our first show, or second show, we gave a shout-out to Kansas for representing everyone. I want to call, I, I need to call out now, because it was states' rights for 40 years, almost my entire life, this has been a states' rights issue. So why does Lindsey punk ass Graham? Whoa, punk ass. Not it will not be edited. Sue me. I don't care. Why does he this past week introduce legislation in the Senate that would ban all abortions nationwide after fifteen weeks? Because because the Constitution gives him the right to speak, and he's choosing to speak. He's choosing to speak, but for 40 damn years, it's a states' rights issue, states' rights issue. The actual decision, opinion, written by, poorly by the way, by uh, Justice Alito, states explicitly that this is a states' rights issue. Why are you introducing legislation after the people in the state of Kansas, Michigan's now going to get to vote on it? What, why are you now saying, nope, it's not a states' rights issue. We think that we, the United States, should be able to tell states what, they, what women can do with their bodies. And I'm saying the reason why I'm calling you out, Lindsey Graham, is because you and every single Republican who ran on this issue, who won on this issue, you were full of crap. You were full of crap, and your legislation has validated what we've all known that you are full of crap. Screw you. Fair. Fair. I don't. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, just shut the, shut up. Just stop talking. Jesus Christ. Do, do you want to take your shout out? No. To go to you don't want to go to a happier place. Oh. Uh, I do. All right. You know what? You should Have, go to a happier right. place. I do have a shout out. You have a great shout out. This is important. Rock, Chalk, <laughs> Jayhawk, Go KU, Lance Leipold, Leipold. I don't know how to pronounce people's names. All I'm saying He's is. He's Sir Lance. In, in, yeah, he is Sir Lance. Uh, Sir Lance wins a lot. We are 3 0. We have the number one, we have the number one scoring offense in FBS, in college football. We are now starting to get votes. I think we got five. Coach, coaches poll votes. We've got wow. like 23 votes for top 25. The University of Kansas 3-0 for the first time since 2009. Their football team. Football team, y'all. Football team. We believe we need to we need to, to pack the booth. We're playing Duke. Who would have thought that the University of Kansas and Duke University would be undefeated in football playing each other coming up? Shout out to all of these kids who came to this program and the much maligned program. 
they have completely turned things around. It is proof positive that if you just put in the work and you truly believe and you get coaches who believe in you instead of trying to use you for getting their next job like their, their previous coach did, when you've got a coach that's there that, that has a system that has worked and he's won at every single place he's ever been, this is the kind of stuff that happens. We are the feel-good story. Well, us in Appalachian State are the two feel-good stories in college football. It feels so good. And, man, like, I don't even have to say wait till, um, wait till basketball season. No, like, uh, uh, Midnight at the Fog is coming up, and not one KU fan is talking about it. No, no it's one's crazy. talking about it. Right? Why? Because, oh, they're all, we're all talking football. This is awesome. It's amazing. It, yeah. was, a, it was a, a, a great game against Rock Houston. Rock baby. I'm going to go fast. I don't have to. I, I, I have one. Um, this, this comes from Ann Applebaum, who uh, writes for The Atlantic mm. and is a Russian expert. Um, she was talking about uh, the um, what uh, Ukraine has done, how the, they head faked Russia into mm. essentially they'd been announcing very publicly that they were going to go try and retake the South. Um, the South Ukraine where Russia was so Russia took their people out of the the north and the east to send them south and that was all a setup Um, and Ukraine then very quietly and quickly then moved troops to the north and the east while the uh, while Russians were headed south and, and it looks like they are retaking cities in the north and the east so but here's my real shout out in the midst of explaining that and Albabom also talked about the fact that in Ukraine, the resistance is really strong. Russian troops didn't put up a fight. They immediately kind of abandoned their posts. They uh, took off their uniforms, put on civilian clothes. In many cases, were like riding bicycles away. But she even also told this other story about resistance, that in um, Russian-occupied Ukrainian cities, you had grandmothers who were walking to the store to get bread. And while they were walking there, they would take pictures of Russian troops and where they were posted, and then they would upload them on the internet so that Ukrainian military officials knew where the Russian troops were. I just, you know, you just, you can't, you can do all the stuff that you want, but when people desire to be free. And so shout out to Ukraine, shout out to their troops, shout out to the Ukrainian grandmothers who are a part of the resistance and the Ukrainian people who refuse to be dominated. I'm just in awe. I mean, don't mess with the Ukraine, man. Man, don't mess with them. Yeah, and it, now I know, and definitely don't mess with the Ukrainian grandmother. I mean, they just don't, they che- don't play. check your phone. They don't if play. She, if she's walking by you, just check your <laughs> phone. They don't play. That's a great, that's a great shout out, man. We should go before people are like, oh my God, these people are going to bust a blood vessel. I mean, my blood pressure is sky high. So those of you who have made it this long, all two of you who... <laughs> oh, we've gone over an hour probably, huh? Oh, oh no, we're, we're way past <laughs> But this is what it's all about. Like we're, we're talking from our perspectives about the things that are important and sometimes the things that shouldn't be important like fantasy, but damn it. Are, are important to us. We are grateful. Thank you for um, taking part in our foolishness. And rate, review, subscribe, share this. I agree with you, Dave. Share it to the people that you know this is going to piss off. That's right. We're trying to piss off as many people as we can. Well, 
are we really? We just, you know what? We got to speak. We got to speak. We got to speak our truth. And we're happy to hear your truth if you disagree. But we're speaking our truth. And I will say this. I was a little harsh. I was a little harsh on those of you who are fans of the monarchy and and love the show The Crown. Um, (laughs) Apparently, um, Elizabeth Hurley had a show that I didn't know about. So I need to find that on Netflix. Um, And... I just want to say that I am not sorry for anything that I said, <laughs> but know that I love you anyway, okay? I just wanted to put that out there. All right, y'all. Trailblaze it out. Peace. <laughs>